Welcome to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat, where I talk to entrepreneurs and business people from all walks of life and all levels of success, from millionaires to the people who are just starting out and everyone in between. My objective is not only to learn about their businesses and goals, but about their challenges and fears as well, all with the hopes of helping them and you find a pathway to success. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am so grateful that you are joining me today for a conversation with my new friend, Mike Zeller. And looking through Mike's website and LinkedIn page and bio, I think I can try to sum things up by saying that Mike is an idea guy. He's a creator. He's a connector. He's obsessed with learning and growing and helping others do the same thing. Mike is a successful realtor in the Nashville area and has founded several other companies, including Dwell Music City, Elevate United, Trim Menswear, and Rising Stars Mastermind, to name a few. Mike has spent thousands of dollars and hours studying under legends like Tony Robbins, Peter Diamantis, and Tim Ferriss, and he's offered to bring some of that wisdom to us today. Welcome, Mike, to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. Andy, excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, man. Can't wait. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, just seeing a lot of the things that you've done and where you've been willing to, to take risks and make big investments to go out and learn and grow. Um, things that I've uh, been trying to do more of and aspire to do more of. Uh, it was really cool to see that and looking forward to hearing more of that. So, um, But I thought it'd be a good idea to start with a little bit of your background. Maybe you could share some of your origin story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, great question. Um, so basically about seven, eight years ago, maybe. Uh, yeah, right at, actually, yeah, eight years ago now. I, uh, I was out in Italy, uh, in Rome, Italy, and, I, and it was back in January of 2010. And I sat down with my good buddy, Nate, and we mapped out just our goals for the year. And I was bold and crazy. And I said, you know what, I want to go to eight countries this year. I want to take my first mini sabbatical. I'm, you know, inspired by the four hour work week. And I was like, I want to fall in love again. I hadn't fallen in love in like 10 years at that point. And I was like, all these things. And so ended up over the course of that year, you know, I vision boarded that. I mapped those out in that cafe in Rome for like three hours. And then by the end of the year, I'd fallen in love twice, two different times. It wasn't at the same time. So one woman at a time. And then I'd been to nine countries. And then also I'd rediscovered or discovered, I guess, that I'm really designed to be an entrepreneur and a creator. And uh, I left Buenos Aires. I lived in Buenos Aires for six weeks. And I realized, man, I am called to be a creator and a designer of businesses. And ultimately, I came back and launched two or three new businesses that following year. And, and because I felt like if all I was doing at that time was just real estate, my soul would die. I felt like I was made for something more. And then basically been off to the races since and made so many mistakes that have cost me literally six, multiple six figures for all my mistakes. But I've grown so much and my opportunities are absolutely massive now. And I'm, I'm super thrilled with where everything's going. And even in the midst of of cleaning up the messes that I've made along the way too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to make bold, set big goals like that and, uh, and take big action. You're likely to make some mistakes along the way, right? And, and learn a lot from it. I definitely want to get to those, but I want to go back to that time in the January 2010, you said you were in Rome, which I was thinking, 
the first time I went to Europe, I went visited Italy, and it was it actually I think it was January 2011. Though so it was a year later, yeah. and I had a great time, but I did not make any major you know proclamations or set giant goals <laughs> while I was there. But I was also starting a new job, and I felt like I was already you know off on a new endeavor. So yeah. speaking of new job, you know jobs, you had already been working in real estate to that point. What was your life like at that point where you decided to make this big change? Because you you didn't necessarily have a job. You were, I mean, I see realtors as sort of out there a little bit more on their own than a normal nine yeah. to five, you know, uh, W2 employee, but you sound like you still wanted to make some big changes. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely self-employed at that point for three years. You know, I've been making six figures for three years at that point for the, you know, from my late twenties to my 31, I guess was uh, my age or actually 30 was my age at that point. And yeah, but I knew I was created for something more and I was getting burned out. Like I, from my skill set, my personality type, and this is something for your audience to be aware of is like, I, I'm most fulfilled in the early stages and most fulfilled in the learning and the growing and the mastering. But once I figure out, once I feel like I've mastered 90% of something, I'm bored and I'm like, I need a new challenge. So, and, but that's just my wiring. Um, not everyone's like that. Yeah. Well. And, and some people are implementers, right? They want that plan mm-hmm. and then they can go implement it. And that's, you know, we compliment people compliment yeah. each other nicely that way. So you said you were inspired by the four hour work week to, to travel and, and take that mini sabbatical. I like that. I was, I read that book quite a bit later, probably about two and a half years ago and was definitely inspired by that as well. It really changed my perspective on this idea of retirement. I think I was yeah. always you know, my parents were, were financially savvy and taught me a lot about money, but I was always saving for that mythical retirement at 65. And this okay. kind of just knocked that whole thing over and was like, wait a minute, why do I have to wait for that? And if I'm doing something I enjoy, I'll always want to work. So maybe I should take more time off in between. So did you start designing things with that in mind that you'd be able to take more time off to do stuff? Yeah, 100%. It's like I started, so that year, like I said, I went to, you know, my ideal rhythm now and i started having to think about my business differently it's like how do i replace myself in my business and that's where the business runs without me being present with runs without me being engaged in different ways too so that i can truly unplug and enjoy so my my rhythm i wanted to uh, take one day off a week take one weekend out of town a month and take one trip out of the country every quarter and when I'm in that rhythm, it's like, man, I, I can crush it and have an incredibly powerful and impactful year. And then also it, it, it creates space when you work yourself out of the operations. Like one of my mentors, a guy named Keith Cunningham, he's the rich dad and rich dad, poor dad. He's a mentor to Robert Kiyosaki. He said, great operators get tired, but great business owners get rich. And when you're the operator, you're, you, you're the engine. And I had to realize while I was in Argentina, I'm the freaking engine. And I was tired. And I was like, I got to start figuring out how do I do something beyond uh, my own personal efforts, which means I got to design a system and architect out of, architect out of business. And, and now I'm, I call myself a business architect because that's basically what I do in my own businesses and yeah. what I do for clients. Man, you're like a you're like a mini Tim Ferriss. You're spending time in South America. You just you know you're taking taking video, you know, designing businesses to to allow you to to spend free time. So how did you go and design that? I mean, a lot of people think about that and they're like, oh, 
yeah, if I could just design something to, you know, allow me to free up more time to do other things, it'd be great. But it's, you actually went and implemented that. So what did you do? Yeah. So, you know, my, my first step when I got back was like, what's a system that I could create and a business I could create that is not dependent on me running it. And, and my brilliant idea at the time was so revolutionary. It was, uh, uh, creating all natural healthy vending machines. <laughs> so, and that, awesome. you know, not, for that. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it wasn't, uh, so I, I lost about 25 grand in, in a year and a half of that business, but, but it, it helped pave the way. It gave me confidence. I looked at it as like education. So that same year after I started that business, you know, I didn't have to run it. I didn't have to go stock the snacks and all that. But the same year, I started a socially minded car dealership with a couple buddies. I think CarMax meets Tom's shoes. So every car we sold helped us give away another car to a single mother or someone in need. And that was designed to where, you know, in the early days, in early days of business, you often have to be more involved to provide direction. And, and I was, but then as time went on, I got less and less involved and and, uh, you know, had some ongoing regular income from that. So that was one. And then, of course, real estate. And then I started, you know, other ventures since. But I've continually looked at, like, my marketing agency right now. I've got a good director of operations, a creative director, account managers in place. I'm going to be in Europe for a month. I'm going to take two, two weeks totally off, not checking email. I'm going to even change my SIM card on my phone. So... People can't even text me, right? I'll still end up getting Instagram messages and Facebook and stuff, but I'm not going to check my email. I'm going to have an autoresponder. My assistant's going to check my emails, and then I'm going to work remotely for about two and a half. We'll actually be in Europe for almost five weeks. I'll work remotely for another three three weeks, and just the creative inspiration of, hey, oh, I'm in Barcelona. Oh, I'm in Copenhagen. I'm in right. all these other cool cities. Frees you up to think more and, and have the inspiration to do more stuff. Yeah, and it's also the patterns of life. You know, our lives are a product of our daily, weekly, monthly, annual choices. And if I look at when I create space, like when I did that first mini sabbatical, is, is I created space to see the trajectory. And is, is this trajectory, if I stay on this pathway, but if I'm, is it going to take me to where I deeply, truly want to go? Or am I going to be burned out? Am I going to be at the end of my rope? And am I going to miss out on the purpose that I'm called, uniquely called to bring to the, to the earth? So I'm really big on creating space for that. And, and as a pattern, as a habit, as a ritual, not just, hey, I took a vacation once or whatever. Yeah. Well, you, so you talked about uh, the sabbatical and creating space that way. How do you create space on a daily basis? Like, what does your routine look like to help set you up for success with these businesses? Uh, great, great question. One of my favorite things that I love to talk about is like right here, you can see my phone. Guess what? It's in airplane mode. I'm, I'm not getting text. I'm not getting phone calls. People know I'm not available. And if they get upset about it, I mean, I can't do anything about it. You're making me anxious right now. I know, right? Most of us, most of us do. Right. Get anxious when we think about unplugging from our cell phone. Yeah. But how can we be fully present if we're always connected somewhere else? Right. And so, if I look at most of our our lives, if we're 
a lot of our anxiety, a lot of our stress, a lot of our mental fatigue that eliminates the capacity for us to do our best work is because we're so uh, multitasking is a myth. It, it literally takes you 13 minutes to task switch. Research shows for you to fully engage. So if I go from an email to text to a phone call back to an email to, oh, let me check this out. My mind is fried at the end of the day. And, I'm not, and so if I want to, one of the things we have to manage, and I got this from another book, Power of Full Engagement, is our energy. Uh, our energy is actually more important than our time managing our energy to play peak performance like you you know we haven't talked about sports but you look pretty athletic right you, you work out ride bikes it looks I've, like you gotta i've been to the gym before yeah yeah right so you know hey if you go in and you're just full of energy and if you look in the, it's nba playoffs right now i remember watching kobe bryant one year and he was just shot in like game seven against the celtics and he made like five out of 24 shots he had yeah. no energy he wasn't lights out. And same thing for us as entrepreneurs and business leaders. Dude, if my energy is shot, I can't bring my best to the world. So I got to manage my energy. So I, I don't turn my phone off of airplane mode, typically until like eight or nine o'clock in the morning, even though I might be up at six. So I'm fueling my mind, meditating, doing my reading, you know, do my creative ideas. I, my, I want to dump out my creative ideas as, as early as possible before I get looped into reactionary mode. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, what were you talking? I was just, an email came in and I wasn't really, I agree with all of that. I mean, it's, uh, it's great that you're doing that. I, I try to create, I create quiet space to get up early every morning to meditate, read, write. I'll be honest. I do check my phone a couple times, but I'll usually keep it in a different spot while I'm doing these things. I don't want to have it keep buzzing next to me because I know I'll never get anything done. Yeah. But maybe I should be going back to that. Do not check at all airplane mode. I, I like that. I do have it on do not disturb usually between, you know, 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. But, and, and the multitasking thing is interesting. I, I talk to people about that a lot from a time management perspective. Everybody, most people sit there working at their desk with their smartphone sitting next to them, right? Mm -hmm. And every time it buzzes, they look over. Even if they don't respond, it pulls you away from whatever you're doing. And then yeah. it takes a certain amount of time, you know, whether it's two minutes or 13 minutes to get your attention back on what you were doing. And if you yeah. add that up throughout the day, you're losing hours of productivity. It's amazing. Yeah. And then I look at it, it's like, I want to excel in my work life and in my home life. And so, you know, when I'm on a date, if it's date night, like tonight's date night with my fiance, I want to be present and I don't want to be totally fried. But if I task switch all day, like, and I noticed it before I started that habit of going airplane mode whenever I'm in meetings, going airplane mode, my mind would be totally shot by like seven o'clock at night. Yeah. So That's interesting. I, I'm glad you mentioned that about energy being even more important than time because that's another factor of time management and productivity. So many people think that I'm really productive with my time, but I think maybe the key, and I don't even think about this, is that I have so much energy throughout the day because of everything else I do, right? Eating healthy, working out every day, meditating, you know, getting enough sleep. There's so many factors that go into that. And then avoiding distractions and focusing in on the things that you want to do, which is something that I definitely still struggle with, you know, not, mm -hmm. not doing as well. Um, I'm not perfect either. Just Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good <laughs> to know. Uh, nobody's perfect with that. There's so many distractions in the world. 
This episode of the Entrepreneur Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. At Advantage, we offer creative learning solutions that can help accelerate leadership development, business acumen, sales performance, and business results. Our clients say we're imaginative, collaborative, insightful, and fun. For more info, visit AdvantagePerformance.com or call us at 415-925-6832. And now back to the show. So you've been starting all these different businesses and building them in a way that you don't have to be involved on a daily basis, which is great. And how is, uh, I mean, you don't have to get into exact figures, but it's, it's great to say I've started all these businesses and I have mm-hmm. these businesses under my name, but what is the, you know, what does the income look like? Are you making a good living? compared to maybe what you could have been doing with something else? Yeah, good, good question. So, you know, I've, I basically had three or four startups in the last three years. Now, I've, I've got equity interest in more than that. But, you know, in the early stages, it, if, if the simple answer is, if I just stayed in real estate and stayed in like one other thing or something, I would have made more money in the short run, right? Mm-hmm. But right now because of all the growth, like in my new level of, of understanding and mastery in the digital space and the, you know, storytelling sales funnel space and the thought leadership space, all those things that I didn't have four years ago. Now I've got opportunities on my plate that I can make a hundred X over what I could have made if I just stayed in real estate, like where I literally have you know, two opportunities that I'm highly involved in that I have a, you know, a equity slices in and then I'm helping scale, you know, several, several of these entities. One of them is one of the world's most viral um, video companies. I don't necessarily want to say their, their name yet because we're still working through the, uh, but they have over 10 million Facebook fans and huge engaged audience. Half a billion people see their videos a month. And, you know, I'm coaching, mentoring the founders and I'm going to help them build out their whole business. And I, you know, I get some base money. I get monthly, I'm sorry, I get bonus compensation and then I get equity as well. Yeah. And if we can get it to a billion dollars, billion dollar company, that's my most profitable venture yet. Yeah, that's um, nice. Now, how did that come about? How did you meet these people? How did you find that opportunity? Yeah, good question. So I met these founders at a mastermind. Uh, event and I just connected with them and I saw I was like these guys have something really good here. I don't remember exactly. Actually, initially I was like, you know what? I want to see who I can connect them to that could help them. Like in the sense of people that would be cool to feature on their their page. And so it was like I was connecting with other friends that are entrepreneurs and just like, dude, you know, you guys need to connect. So and so has an amazing story blah, blah, blah. And then, then I followed up with him again. And then we grabbed, uh, we grabbed, um, lunch out in Venice beach and spent like four hours together. I'm um, actually the early evening spent four hours together. And then I, I saw like a real opportunity to help them. And, and so my desire was to help, help them intentionally design their business because they were, you know, they had a team of 11 and, and a huge massive impact, but they were monetizing on like 1% of their business. And uh, so I was like, guys, let's, you know, I believe in what you guys are doing. I want to help you. Let's see if we can figure out a way to work together and I can help you guys out. And then they flew to Nashville. We did two days together, 
blew their mind, shifted their hiring strategies, shifted how they were thinking about their business. Then I flew up to their home office and spent two days with them recently. And now they're, they're flying back to Nashville next week. And, and they've made massive strides. Like they increased their monthly revenue probably by about 50% since our last meeting a month ago. Wow. Just because I helped revamp their whole sales process. Yeah, so you're giving them a ton of value. How did, how did you learn to do that or, and, and get the confidence to go say, I can help you? <laughs> it's a, you know, the, I think it's just, I remember that um, there's this little graphic that says where the magic happens and then your comfort zone's over here. And, and you know, I saw that when I was uh, maybe in my early 20s and I watched, the, I saw this poster that had Michael Jordan on it and said, you miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. And, and so I applied that to my dating life at the time. I was like 17. Nice. <laughs> so, but it's just continually throwing myself out of my comfort zone, not being afraid. But I, I've, I know how to sell. If it's something that I believe in, I know how to sell. I know how to design it a sales process with the highest level of integrity because to me selling at its highest level is serving. And so you, you go so deep to understand what they need that by the time you present them with how you can solve their, their challenge, it doesn't feel like selling. You're just serving. And so for them, you know, I've designed some proposals for my marketing agency and I just walk them through and revamp. We've got a, a process called 12 keys to an irresistible offer that we take clients front through. And, and when I took them through that, they were, we quickly uh, saw that their sales process was a very resistible offer because it, it was scary in fact. And how resistible it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was because it was written with all this legalese. It was uh, like legal contract, et cetera. And, and then, and then just, uh, I've done sales coaching before as well and coached and mentored other salespeople and, and just been a student. I'm obsessed with a great game of business. So cool. Yeah, I am as well. So let's, I want to go back to, because I, I probably spent a lot longer. I think we're about the same age and I spent a lot longer staying in my comfort zone um, before I learned the, the magic happens outside of it. So what are some of the big things that you did throughout your life and career to really step outside your comfort zone and and learn? Hmm. Great question. The number one, I would say the number one overarching principle is to commit to something before you figure it out. <laughs> and then, which can create stress. And sometimes you don't figure it out perfectly. But when you throw it, when I say, you know what, I'm going there, I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to help you with that. You know, you've marshaled your creative resources. You've marshaled, now you go into problem solving mode. Now you have to do it. Yeah, versus like, all right, I'll commit to that when I figure it out. Mm, that's that's kind of you know, it's a little it lazy. So what's something big that you that you did that with that you committed to, and then you had to figure it out? Hmm. A marketing agency, how to build a marketing agency. <laughs> like you know, I started that about two years ago. I didn't have it all figured out, and we lost money. You know, our first year, we probably lost. I lost probably almost two hundred grand on what? it. This year, you know, at the end of the day, I, but I kept the vision. You know, the vision keeps you moving forward. And actually, first year I lost maybe one fifty, and then second year another six figures. But I, I, I knew where the vision was going, right? And this year we'll make money, and we're in a much healthier spot. 
And then I've got all these other opportunities that are much more sizable. But it, I, I had to figure out what is our core offer? Who is our audience? You know, our audience now is, is really high level, high six, seven figure, even eight figure, but probably pretty much six and seven figure entrepreneurs and thought leaders. You know, a lot of them are authors, thought leaders, et cetera, and then e-commerce brands. So they're usually doing right at about seven figures and they need to build out and optimize their whole sales funnel and sales process. And then we step in and do things like, you know, lead magnets, Facebook, you know, explainer videos or conversion videos, landing pages using software like ClickFunnels and email indoctrination campaigns to, hmm. to convert the audience after they've opted in. And so we, we understand the sales psychology or the marketing psychology and how to build a compelling story and narrative, like gain clarity on your message and all that. So it, it took us a while. Yeah. Um, but I knew if I could figure this game out, I've, that's the wave of the future. And, and I've got something that serves me in everything I do. So you mentioned losing a lot of money in the first year or two as you're building this. You Earlier, you mentioned um, making a lot of mistakes too. Could you share a couple of the big mistakes or failures you've had along the way that you've, you've learned from? Yeah. So I, I would say with, with building my team, um, I, I'm a little too optimistic. And so I don't protect against my downside as well. And then also managing your weaknesses of, you know, I'm not as good at the operations and I'm not going to pay attention to all, all the details and finish. Like I'm brilliant at getting something from zero to 60, but from 60 to 80, you know, or the next, like once you get something to 80% done, I'm bored. And so having people come alongside me that will follow through and finish it all the way is, is huge. And, and so I've got to have that. And then I've also, I've made the mistake of hiring too many green people, too many like young, talented, they've got gifts, you know, they've got potential. I, you need a healthy mix of like senior level people like yeah. experience and like some people get that advice and say, you know, don't hire based on experience, just hire somebody with potential and then train them. But if you don't really know exactly what you want them to do, then sometimes you need someone with experience. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so I've made a lot of mistakes there. And, I, and another one was I kept people on a big mistake. Part of the reason I lost money in that venture is I, I kept people on way too long that weren't a great fit and weren't producing. It wasn't that they were bad people and, they just weren't right for that life cycle stage of the company. In the early stages of a company, you need entrepreneurial team members, right. which means they go figure it out and they go solve it and they don't need to be handheld uh, or managed. And, yeah. you know, but I've, I've found some gems too. I've got some all-stars now. So yeah. I'm How do you, I was going to ask you earlier when you talked about designing these businesses, so you don't have to be around all the time. That means you either rely heavily on some type of automated system and or, you have great people running it, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to do it. So how do you find the right people? It sounds like you've made, you've definitely made some mistakes along the way, which is probably very common when it comes to hiring, especially in new businesses, right? It's so hard yeah. to judge people and figure out. So what have you learned from that and how do you hire the right people now? So good question. So, you know, we do the personality test. I, I highly recommend we do strings, finder, disc, Myers, Briggs, and Colby index. Hmm. And with all those four tests, then I start figuring out, all right, 
in this, and, and I'm a constant student of people and student of the organization. I'm like, in this type of role, I need a high level implementer. And like our team right now was missing some more high Ds. A D in the disk profile, they're going to drive something forward. They're going to move it forward. We had too many high I's, high S's. We've got another D that is great. And I think she's going to bring that energy into the team. Then, you know, we, and it's a trial and error, of course, but then you figure out, I feel like if I get one all-star and the all-stars are going to cost more, but if I get one all-star in each of the key areas for us, it's, you know, creative or design, it's video, it's copywriting, it's, um, what's the fourth one, director marketing. I think we've got all-stars in all those areas now. And then all-star supporting cast. And then some, some people that are growing and learning. We do that, man, now, now we can hum and move projects through. And another thing I have to do a better job at and I'm improving on is providing consistency of like, this is our core product. One of the mistakes I, I was doing early on was we were, we were doing so much. And then we were losing money on this project, making money over here, but we're creating clients that are upset over here because we weren't delivering as well because we're trying to figure that out. And instead, we, we've got this over here dialed in and we're one of the best in the country at this. Let's stay in that zone. Interesting. I like to use the personality styles and really discovering, you know, what, what, how are these people operate and how would they complement each other on a team? And do you have too many of, of this or that? Um, and seeing how they're going to drive the business because you do need those people that are going to drive versus the people that are going to interact and, you know, be their yeah. eyes. Um, how has, uh, I know one of the things that intrigued me about you when, we, when you first reached out was the amount of, of time and money that you've spent studying and, and investing in personal growth. So what types of things have you done there? Because I, I love hearing about this stuff and, and how has that benefited you along the journey? Yeah, great, great question, Andy. So the top, you know, Warren Buffett said the single best investment you can make is in yourself. And I have, you know, I've been to over a hundred business conferences since I was like 19. I've only regretted going to two of them where I didn't feel like I got substantial value from. And, and so what I would say is, is like, man, you know, I went to Tony Robbins. I did 14 Tony Robbins events. I was over 1,447 hours with him. And it's like my energy, my resourcefulness, my confidence, and my clarity on who I am and what I'm called to bring to the world, you know, when you have clarity precedes momentum, which precedes a more powerful state and way of being. If I have clarity on who I am and what I'm bringing to the world, man, I can step in and deliver. And so I got that from Tony. It's and I, going to masterminds. It's like you, I, I, I have one, you know, my Rising Stars mastermind that I have some amazing people in uh, from all over the country, including uh, several from Florida, actually. But then I'm in several as well myself and, and my exposure and my compressed, you know, being in a mastermind is such a way a good mastermind can compress like five years into one. And, and then I've, you know, picked up business from the masterminds, but I've my own identity shift. Even more importantly is like at the end of my Tony Robbins platinum partner, my first year, my first day, I remember going to an event in Hawaii. I was like, dude, I don't belong here. This guy just sold his company for 130 million. This guy has his MBA from Harvard and his PhD from MIT. 
and I'm one of the youngest guys here, I I feel like a little bit of a fraud, like I snuck in. And, and I did kind of sneak in because I barely could afford it with my credit card. I told you, you know, how I just maxed out my credit cards. Yeah. Let's talk that. for other people, people that don't know what that is. The, the platinum partnership is, uh, how would you describe that? It's, I mean, it's, it's Tony Robbins closest version of a mastermind, but it's a hundred and it costs you a little over a hundred thousand dollars a year. You get a go to private Tony Robbins only or Tony Robbins and his people like platinum partner events. There's still like 150 people at them. So it's yeah. really just a smaller conference. Right. Um, and then you get access to all of his public events. And I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. I, I'm so glad I did it. Um, but it's, it's not cheap, but it was, it was a game changer for me. <laughs> but how did you get past that? You were talking about sort of that imposter syndrome when you walk in the room you, you just barely scraped the money to put it together and you walk yeah. in and there's these guys with $100 million companies. Yeah, so, you know, Tony, it, I, I don't know if I necessarily figured out how to get past it, but people helped me get past it. In the group, like Tony was very intentional about creating space where no matter, the, he anchored you in of like, hey, there's people of all different walks, all different socioeconomic status in this group. And there's people, but you know, you might be talking to a billionaire, but hey, he needs to learn something about spirituality or relationships from you. Hmm. So treat each other with love and respect and kindness and, and openness. Hmm. And so Tony had built that tribe and that mindset around that. And then, and, and so people believe that in me. It's oftentimes, you know, you look at a great, uh, one of our processes for my agency is called storyboarding. And we look at a great guide who connects with you, the mentee, a great guide. One of the thir- three things they do is they impart belief. They help you believe in yourself. And, you know, you and I, you, you've done entrepreneur coaching and you're doing that and, and leading and, and leading leaders and everything. It's like, you know, that a big part of your role is not necessarily change the person, but help them become more of who they already are. Right. Yeah. And to step into their greatness. That's and ask them more questions to help them come to that realization themselves. Right. That yeah, exactly. They, that they are great, that they have great potential. They could do great things and they just need to move past certain blocks, challenges, whatever it is. Was there one, um, that makes me curious. You've gone to all these events and learned so much. What was a big block or challenge or limiting belief that you moved past that allowed you to do more? Hmm. Yeah, that was, that's a good one. I'd say one shift, the first thing that comes to mind, you know, there's a couple things is, you know, one, I bought a comer- my first commercial building with two partners. Like it helped me figure out how to build partnerships at another level. And that, that partnership and that building is going to be worth millions of dollars to me at the end of the day. So that was one, I would have never had the confidence to to pursue a project of that scope. Hmm. Secondly, relationally, knowing, re-anchoring myself, who I am as a man. Cause you know, I, I went through a broken engagement that year and just my sense of self, my, my heart was frankly shattered a little bit. And, and it was like, and I had allowed, you know, what a woman often wants from us as a man is that, is that we offer our strength to them. And that we are not coming to them out of a state of neediness, but we're coming to them out of a state of, I own myself. 
and I'm here to love you and serve you and, and also nudge you or call you forth and, uh, and support you. But I'm also not going to put up with your shit. If you, you know, a woman is often testing us and my, my fiance and I have a great relationship, but you know, I own myself at a different, I, I had allowed my previous fiance at the time to emasculate me mm. and, and I won't allow that anymore. You know, and, and I can call that out and it just creates a much healthier state of love and respect. Cool. Very interesting. I love that you've, you've done all this work on yourself to discover this stuff. I've done a little bit myself and uh, starting with the first Tony Robbins event, UPW last November, yeah. uh, my wife and I went together and, and uh, both moved past some limiting beliefs. We see mm-hmm. that as a really a, a turning point in our marriage and our businesses. It's been awesome. And so I want to, I definitely want to go to more of those events. I was looking at date with destiny and business mastery. It sounds like you've been to those and you mm-hmm. say they're worth it. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Business mastery is my single favorite business seminar. And I, I can get you a little discount too, by the way, if you, if you want okay. to go, so just reach out to me on that. Nice. Yeah. We'll have to connect on that. afterwards. <laughs> so uh, last question I'll ask for anyone listening who is a new entrepreneur or, you know, thinking about making the jump into entrepreneurship. Um, what advice would you give to them? I would say count the cost of not starting it, not doing it as well. Like sometimes we, like what would you miss out on? And think, fast forward through your life, your next 20, 30 years of your life. If you play small, if you play beneath who you're called to be, what are you going to miss out on? And what is the world going to miss out on by you playing in the shadows? And, and then I would say, let go of perfection. I love this book by Dan Sullivan called the 80% approach. And, and it goes through, Hey, in terms of getting over fear and getting over procrastination, what if you just got to the first 80% of your project and then released and tested and pivoted? Not because oftentimes we think we've got to have it perfect. We've got to have it figured out. We've got to, no, you got to test success in today's world is rapid testing, iteration and improvement, rapid feedback. And so that was, that's been pivotal. And then, you know, fail forward faster. Um, another book, John Maxwell's fail forward. I love that. I read that when I was in uh, college and that planted the seeds of your greatest failures are often your greatest uh, setups for success. And so, you know, Russell Brunson, he, when I was last in Orlando last uh, two months ago, talked about in one of his videos, he talked about, dude, so what if you go bankrupt? So what if you fail? So what if you lose money? Are you, is that the end of the world? If you like, if the worst, absolute worst case scenario doesn't end your life, but instead you grow from it. So what? Like that sets you up. Like I look, I, I've seen, I've made so many mistakes the last four years, but I've seen, I've seen all my mistakes as, as, and all my businesses is really, I've got a lot of experiments going on. Yeah. And I'm learning a lot and I'm, I'm going to be so far ahead of the game. I mean, my confidence level has gone up even in the midst of my failures. Yeah. Cause you've tried all these things. You've got the experience with it. Mm-hmm. That's great. I've been, I've been uh, trying to develop more of that mindset. I've been reading 
lately tribe of mentors by tim mm-hmm. ferris his newer book yeah that's great and one of the cool things is all these different successful people one of the questions he asks is you know what failure did you have that you learned from and everyone's sharing these stories of oh this happened and at the time i thought it was terrible but i mm-hmm. learned so much from i'm so glad this happened and just seeing all those different things thinking like yeah i need to keep trying to do more stuff because mm-hmm. at the end of the day if you fail even if you go bankrupt, the world doesn't stop spinning. You don't lose your life. You don't lose your family. Um, you can you can pick up the pieces and, and try to build it again. So, um, Exactly. Yeah. And I would add to the advice that I use a lot of time that based on what you said earlier about masterminds and conferences, surround yourself with great people and, and keep learning. It sounds like that's been a key um, for your career. And I've been big on masterminds and coaching for the last couple mm-hmm. of years. It's definitely helped me a lot as well. Dude, it's huge. It's the single best decision I've made is is joining masterminds, platinum partner type stuff. You know, it's it's been a game changer. That's awesome. Uh, Mike, for anybody listening that wants to get in touch with you, to follow you, um, do business with you, where where do they where do they go? Yeah, great question. Uh so if you know, we have a marketing agency at elevateunited.com, but you can just go to go to mikezeller.com. Uh that's Z-E-L-L-E-R.com. And then um, my Instagram, Michael R. Zeller. If you're interested in masterminds, that's one of my huge, huge pas- passions and rising stars. Mastermind, it's, it's designed for those six and seven figure entrepreneurs that are hungry and motivated to crush it and humble as well and generous. And uh, uh, I got an amazing tribe there. And um, I just, I love connecting. I love sir- connecting with other entrepreneurs. That's my tribe. And so I love serving you guys. So if I can serve in any way, reach out. You know, Instagram's probably the best, Instagram or Facebook. Um, and we can connect from there. And, and um, love seeing entrepreneurs step up because nothing happens in the world if we don't create. And if we aren't bold enough and foolish enough to take those risks and step into creating something from nothing. All right. You heard it there from Mike Zeller. Get out there. Try stuff and keep creating. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining me on the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. This has been a great conversation and uh, wish you the best of luck with everything you do. Likewise, Andy. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. You can find more information at entrepreneurhotseat.com or my personal website, andystorch.com. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And if you have any questions or comments, or if you are looking for ways to take your life and business to the next level, you can send me an email to andy at andystorch.com. Take care.